The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Born to be kings, we're the princes of the Alright, sign up for You're listening to Skippy in the Warnings We're broadcasting live, guys Here on IRLoneStar.com You're not on the air, I'm on the air Doing the intro It is the uh, 3rd of June You can find us on local FM Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1 And worldwide at IRLoneStar.com And then on Facebook.com Slash Dick and Skippy Live we're hanging out in the studio with my co-host, Sean. Hey, Hippie. Dick. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Hey, yeah. guess what day it is? Oh, and we have a guest today. We have an it's awesome guest, guest today. It's guest day. Who's it's guest, guest week? today? Guest day today includes a man. I, I got to be honest, Dick. There are... Right, let's, let's speed this in, like, no, intro, we're, we're intro gonna, up. No, we're going to stretch, stretch this out. There are, Let me tell you about the merits of this man. No, I'll, I'll, there are... Fun. I can count on my hand... One hand, the number of people in my life I take a bullet for. Now, there are many more that I take a taser for. Brett falls in the former. He's a dear friend and my awesome fact checker. He keeps me honest every day of the week. Brett Hanley. Listener Brett, as most people know him. Yeah. 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 He's the one that stirs it up. I like, I like pot stirs. Brett, not a hugger Hanley. <laughs> and I think it's literally the first words out of his mouth to me. <laughs> I walked yeah. up and it's not a hugger. Not a hugger. But yeah, no, we were just talking off the air. (laughs) Right? We were just talking off the air. We've known each other 26 years now, and that just caught me off guard. I'm looking forward to being part of this show. I've known him longer than you've been sentient. No, I'm I'm almost 34. I'm talking emotionally aware of the world around you. Oh, that makes sense. I haven't been paying attention for the past, like, six years. Well, we got some, uh, we got Misty and Jay. Hey, Jay. And and, uh, Simon. Uh, already tuning in. Well, it's that's, that's exciting. But uh, I do want to let listeners know they're working on construction next door. So if you start hearing some loud noises, we do know. We are aware. And uh, it's not Sean kicking the table this time. It's not banging uh, my head on the tabletop. But, yeah, it's, it's getting kind of bad. From what I understand, it's going to be bad for You're sure it's the not 15th. the brothel in the back room? Shh, shh. Man, the alleged if the city of Conroe found out, <laughs> city of Conroe found out about that. That's what my theory is. That's what's going on above uh, Pacific Yard House. You think so? Yeah, they have the, like they built this like three or four offices up there, but no one I don't ever see anybody go up is there. Is it the new Morfrelas? I don't. I I have no offices. idea. <laughs> they don't. They do something up there. I have no idea what they do. Up there. We're on radio, so you may not be able to see. The only way to get up there codes. is behind the bar. Dude, okay, now there is nothing more important in my life right now than to go up those stairs to see what's up there. I mean, I, I doubt it's that exciting. Shiny yeah. objects attract me. 
But yeah, that something's going on up there. To I'll, be fair, we're we're on radio that barely makes it down to the end of the street. <laughs> Although I've been on smaller. There was one time when I was a volunteer for Jerry's Kids back in the eighties. Uh, we'd go to summer camps, and one summer camp. I can't remember the name of it, but they had a very low wattage radio station that didn't go outside the confines of the camp. It was KCMP, and I was the one and only DJ slash radio operator for the whole week's camp. So I was there like 24-7. It was a... So, yeah, I've been on even Your major qualification was that you didn't say no when they asked you? Pretty much. Well, that's what he told (laughs) me. In those situations before. That's what he told me. I was like, you have any experience on the radio? And he's like, actually... (laughs) At this summer I, camp. I listen to radio. I like radio. <laughs> I own several. I own a radio. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I have many a friends. I was big fan of WKRP in Cincinnati <laughs> back in the 70s. I, I have many friends who own radios. Well, that's good. So I support radios. You seem very, you, you seem very involved with the radio world. It's nice. Yes. Well, you know, we had a great show on Monday. I want to remind folks that uh, the Condor Lake Condor Chamber of Commerce is doing their Taste Fest. They're Doing it digitally now. Taste Fest Takeout 2020. So they're going to be venturing around Conroe, visiting restaurants, and talking about what they're doing since the epidemic is kind of uh, allowing their businesses to open up and things like that. Dick, so. I'm so, I look outside and look how many cars are in the parking lot. Yeah. This time a week ago, you could park I anywhere mean, you want. For like a month and a half, I thought the rapture happened. And then it didn't because now everyone's showing back up. And I'm like, oh, now i got to park away from the studio? This is crap. Dick, my theory is that the rapture actually happened in 1998 and just oh, yeah? no one got taken up. Yeah. What if they gave a rapture oh, nobody oh, oh. came? Brett's got to take a phone call. See, no, oh, actually, I'm just going to turn off. Today's uh, the day that I actually remember to turn, down, turn off my ringer and turn down my volume on the phone. So I feel very happy about that. But, yeah, we uh, just want to remind folks to get involved with the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce. They're doing the uh, takeout. Uh, taste and that's fest, tomorrow, right? Which is sad. Yes, tomorrow starting at 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. They're going to end at Bartlett's Distillery. Uh, and, <laughs> and encouraging people to I don't show think up. They, I don't think they serve food there. but uh, Well, at uh, that point, you don't want to ruin a good buzz. That's true. But, uh, but, yeah, so outside of that, let's move on to today's show. Brett's going to hang out with us. He's our co-host of a co-host, and we're going to have any type of topic. If you feel like you want to comment or get involved, you can always call and text at 936-228-9368 or go to Facebook and on the live video start making comments because we're going to get into it today. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to see Houston had a peaceful, well, somewhat peaceful protest. Yes, absolutely. And the horses really, I think the horses is the major difference between all the other protests that turn into somewhat of a riot. I think pe- horses calm people, and uh, that—that's uh, my—that's my reasoning why it went well. It was. I to don't be want- fair, uh, Saturday was really Houston's last riot day. The Sunday and Monday were both very, very peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were a couple of arrests and a couple of incidents, but for the most part, They're Houston, isolated. Houston, Houston blew its wad on Friday, and Saturday there was a little bit. But then Sunday, Monday, they were fine. And yesterday was awesome. That was exactly what mm-hmm. Mr. Floyd probably would have wanted. Absolutely agree. And I, I, regards to the horses, yeah. it makes it, I don't want to say uniquely Texan, but particularly Texan, that's how we roll. You know, for us, horses are a day of life. It kind of cements no, a cliche not. while, while but, uh, the only horses in New York were mounted police. California, yes. I just can't, you know, unless... 
the Warner Brothers lot opened up and the cast of Blazing Saddles well, spilled I know, out. But they're not a they're not a sign of daily life in most no, of Texas. I, okay, I know, and I'm talking to the outside world. Now don't forget the outside world also, you know, wailed on Texas when we went open carry. Forgetting yeah. the fact that 44 other states won open carry before Texas did. They said, well, that's just so Texas to have the Old West. It kind of cements the outside view of Texas, but we do you, proudly do you remember that, take it. Uh, we were one that, of the last states to do license carry, too. Do you remember True. that Sliders episode where the law... The woman had mustaches? I hate no, that the, the law was the old Texas law about, like, land ownership and stuff. So yes. So you do negotiations. That was do, before they... They, they do standoffs. That so. was before they made Jerry O'Connell a woman, I believe. So I think it all works out. I think that that's a great episode, and you know Texas is pretty cool. I I'm just pretty like, sure genetics made Jerry O'Connell a woman. One thing that kind of bothered me though is you know the Town Green Park people who is it Town Green Park? Am I saying that right? Discovery Green. Discovery Green. Town Green's in the woodland. Yeah. So Discovery Green, you know that park person gets really upset with all those horses everywhere. You know that person's <laughs> like, oh man, not only today we would allow horses. On our field. Walk around with a that, big staple and a lot of par- That's where the no, parks, no. I constantly Most see signs saying don't, don't go on this grass. That, that, that park always has well, that sign. Because he's having to clean it up. Yeah. I'm telling you, go around with staple, a big stapler and a bunch of hefty bags. and Parks actually love horses. Well, I know the fertilizer's probably all right. but Well, I'm, it's not a ma- just a matter of fertilizer. It's a matter of reseeding. Horses don't completely digest like cattle or sheep do. Yeah. And, and anywhere a horse poops, there's always... A seed. A seed. Grow. A lot of grass growing. There's a seed. What a hope. What a, what a, what a st- staple of hope a horse is. There we go. Horse poop. Uh, shout out to Angie who's saying good morning to us. All we right. say good morning back. And uh, oh, but, yeah. Speaking of good mornings and speaking of why I won't vote for you as president, um, my daughter, <laughs> wow. Lauren, it's her birthday this morning. Oh, happy birthday. birthday. She is 35. Well, no. And can now run for president. And I don't expect her to become president this year because it's too late to run. But I'm just saying... Set it up for 2024. Are you allowed to run even though you're 34, but you know you'll be 35 before November or whatever? Ooh, that's oh, yeah. a question, yeah. You're allowed to run no matter what. You just can't serve. But uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, if you're... Okay, so you can, yeah, you know, it sounds like you, you can. You can be voted in. Yeah. And then you're already 35 hey, by the time you're... The Constitution doesn't say you can't run. The Constitution says you can't serve in the office. I want to go on the record, despite all the derision of me running for president, understand that I only got in the Electoral College one less state than Walter Mondale did. You're saying names I don't <laughs> recognize, so... Walter Mondale ran against Reagan and, and got, I believe, Mondale. only his home state. Reagan took 49 states to his one. Yes. So I only got one less than Walter Mondale did. Well, of course, Mondale ran on the, on the always popular, let's increase everybody tax, everybody's taxes by 25% platform. So. Yeah, I, mean, I wasn't around then. Yeah. So, in fact, uh, the 19, is it 84? 84 is the 84. 84 vote was my first vote in America. First presidential vote. It was my first presidential vote, too. Because I was out of the country and too young in 1980. Well, wow, memory lane again. I know, we're just flashing down. Well, just well, take a well. seat. We're going we're gonna to talk about walking uphill in the snow to school in San Diego every day yeah. when I was a kid. I was only in San Diego for about a day and a half between <laughs> Okinawa and North Carolina, so... And I almost drowned off of Okinawa, so see, that we have those ties that stretch back decades. My brother also almost drowned off, off of Okinawa. It's got a riptide you will not believe. Is this an inside joke? No, it's true. No, it's it's true. Okinawa, that's why I don't go in water that's not a bathtub or a uh, swimming pool in the shallow end. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You won't go in the deep end? No. Of any pool? No. Man, I love if the deep end. I'll go up to six feet because I'm five six and I can bounce up and down enough to, to catch breath, but that's it. There was only there, the only place I remember in Houston that had one of those high dives out in the open. I forget where that was now. But that was my favorite pool because the pool, the, you know, that I'm talking about the really high dives. You had to have the really deep pools. Yeah, so. that's uh, that's uh, that's in Spring Branch. It's right there at uh, um, Hammerley and the Beltway. That, that's they've got a they've got a four meter board, four meter platform. In fact, actually. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those damn Europeans with their metric. Uh, we've been fact checked by Jay. He says yes, as long as you are the age required for an office on the date you'd be sworn in, so you can true. run. All right, there you go. And. Well, not to, I'm not trying to one up. Would, would that necessarily be a fact check? Wouldn't that be more of like here is your more aunt, of a here, confirmation? Yeah, a confirmation. There I we mean, go. Fact check is such a like a hateful term these days. <laughs> right, and you're absolutely right. Now I want to wish Lauren a happy birthday. I've known Lauren for when she was not 35 years old. It is also the birthday today, and I believe the 34th or 35th, but I never ask, of my daughter-in-law Rebecca, my my son's wife. She is her birthday today. And this was, you know, my son and her, they were literally the high school sweethearts whose marriage has outlasted and some total of all of mine put together and then some. So happy birthday to Rebecca. To be fair to both of them, it probably helped that Adrian was deployed for about half of the first 15 Thompson's, years of that. Thompson's are better in small doses. <laughs> that, that's, that's guaranteed. Okay. <laughs> what? No, I'm just listening to you guys. It's fun. <laughs> well, to, to be to be honest, I've uh, two things. First off, I, I miss Brett. He is a good friend of mine. We we talk frequently over the airwaves, and we, you know he listens to us every day. But it's good to see him. It's good to see you. Uh, but also, we were kind of talking about this uh, uh, before we went on the air. What was that? <laughs> Can't hear you. What's those noises? Uh, I my mood has been. I, I've reached the age and mindset. Uh, lately that I can officially yell at kids to get off my lawn. And I, I found myself kind of responding to things on social That's media. That's not an age thing. You can just say, just leave me alone. Yeah, but in my past, in the past, I've been more concerned about the perception of me and, you know, don't, you know, don't say stuff that, God forbid, someone not like me, that I've kind of gotten over that. I think Brett can kind of back this one up. It's one is that of why my, you're wearing that shirt today? Yeah, that's right. This, this is, I'm saying, I'm embracing <laughs> the fact that in a, in a month I'm going to be 55. Oh, Wow. But so what are you upset about? Oh, no, what? another Hawaiian shirt guy on radio. That's completely new. <laughs> <laughs> All I just need is a hearing aid, and I'm going to hit 13 different stereotypes. Uh, I was able to get some stuff off my chest and just, you know, overcome. I don't want to say like a, a crisis or anything like that. It's uh, uh, two days ago, Our, someone asked a question. I responded. This is a social media thing. Yeah, a social uh -huh. media thing. And Come on, I was, man! Don't let that get to you. Well, no, I, I did, and that's the thing. As of this morning, when See, I it's said, weird, you know, like, you're one of the few people I still follow on on Facebook. Because I mean, I've got a lot of friends, but only a few people that I actually have follow turned on for. Mm -hmm. And I never saw any of this. Well, why are we talk? It's silly to talk about an argument on on social media. Well, because everything was on that other page. Because we don't have a reference oh, for okay. other people. So it was listening. on Sam's. Page. Yeah, right. So basically, this comes down to Sean just gotten a little tiffy with somebody, and then there you go. Story's over. And you, you became, I feel better you about became it. became a better person. I became... <laughs> that's, I and became... That's, that's what's important. I grew. Well, I think, uh, you know, I was thinking about this last night, about the protests and about social media and when the conversations we had with uh, Jay Stilberger on Friday. 
And you know, it's, that liberal. Sorry, G. I couldn't help myself. No, it's funny. It, it got me thinking about the way we communicate to one another in person. And I think everyone knows that you communicate communicate differently on Facebook. But it's it's interesting that people feel have more courage to be more aggressive online than they are in person. Mm-hmm. And some people. Some people, well, I mean, like, like the people who are responding to you, for example, would they ever treat you that way? Oh, absolutely not. In person. And, and that's what and I was funny thinking thing, about. Because in this, this back and forth, I was accused of being, you know, cocky and, and, and holier than thou. And you know what? I'm kind of that to your face anyways. So, you know, cause it's still kind of a what you see, what you get kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, and I, you know, you see folks respond to other folks with – such hatred immediately. I, I went all the way to a hundred because of like the assumption of X, Y, Z. Well, Dick, you're absolutely right with the assumption. This is what I, I kind of feel better about because, and I'm not by any means going to read what I out loud, what I wrote or anything, but Thank God. I cherish the right of secret ballot, not the Alaskan or the Australian ballot, which is a different thing, but who I vote for is nobody's business. See, I believe in community and I also believe in the community working together. We should know who you voted for, so we're allowed to take you outside to and as a community figure out what to do with you. See, I think uh, that's, see, that's, that's okay. That's, I can't help it. That, but I know that's a joke. It's a community. <laughs> where that's completely wrong. Take me out to the woodshed. Now, I've got to do this. I'm sorry. This is going to be one of those days where there's a lot of squirrel moments. Squirrel. <laughs> one of the first things Brett said to me, it was there. Uh, we were in a theater, and they were doing a production of Ten Little Indians or whatever they're calling it. Um, then there were none. Then there were none. Yeah. I've always known as that. Then there were none. Well, used to be, well in the thirties it, it was called written as Ten Little Indians. Well, no, it's originally written as Ten Little N words. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. And oh, when, in back. the British, in the British uh, thing, when they yeah. brought it over to America, when Bantam brought it, it over, because I mean it was nineteen seventeen. What a great yeah. topic. But anyhow, so they were doing that. One of the actors. Had to bow out, got sick, got arrested or something. I don't know. But I was the last minute replacement to play the uh, the butler, I think. And Brett was in this production. I was not in that production. Who, who I was, was actually the, fired from Tin Little Indians. Then who was it that whispered in my ear, I'm going to take you out to the woodshed? I could have sworn that. I've lived my whole life Are thinking you, that was you. Are you sure that wasn't Sam? So you realize your entire okay. friendship... Yeah, with Brett is based I, off no, a lie. I just lost my friendship with Brett no. because I was off, attributing this one. No, someone whispered in my ear, "I'm gonna take you out to the woodshed because that's what happens to my character." And I could have sworn it was Brett, but I guess it not. It was not me. Here we mm-hmm. go. Okay, well, so well, much for actually, that. I was the folks, technical this is, advisor on this that is what show we're dealing with. Fired for being for for telling them how technology works, you know, and telling them that a, that a rain window in 1996 would be prohibitively expensive for a. Uh, um, Community theater. Yeah, well, that was a fun They didn't theater. like that, and and then they didn't have their rain window because it was prohibitively expensive for a community theater in 1996. What's a rain window? A window where it's a piece, it's water comes down next to it. It's rain. Oh, it looks like it's rain. Rain's pouring uh-huh. down through the window. Okay. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Denise O'Neill who who uh, is, she, is she one of those people you fight on the internet? No, I love I Denise O'Neill. In fact, Denise O'Neill, amongst... You forget, Sean, you're part of my community, so I'm the one who gets to take people out. Right. Outside their house. So it's like, you got to be in my community so we can... uh, Now, Denise O'Neill, let me tell you something about her. She uh, is in charge of the... She created this playwriting festival called Fade to Black. She herself is African-American, and it's an annual uh, festival 
of of African American playwrights and centric uh, and African American themed centric productions, and it's put on every year. And so, the, just a few months ago, I was in the most recent Fade to Black festival, and it was funny because it was we were the last show. Did you wear that shirt? I did not, but I may as well have. The entire cast in our show was all white. We were pretty much the only white people on the stage the whole show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was great um, uh, comedy that was written. But yeah, Denise rocks. And she does good things for the community. Well, I'm glad she can be part of my community that we're there we go. built here. That's nice. If you're a friend of Skippy, by you extension, you're a friend of Dick. Junior. Well, you know, you never know. I got my little keyboard warriors waiting, waiting for my command. Oh, like anonymous? <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, like I said, we were talking about the Houston pro- protests. I'm glad everything went, you know, somewhat smoothly. And unfortunately, the news doesn't really cover that. I'm sorry. I was really <laughs> curious waking up this morning. I wonder if people were gonna. Uh, there was some great uh, photography going on. I saw a lot of great shots, and I was like, you know what? If this doesn't hit the main mainstream news, I mean, I guess like they they don't know what they're missing, and it's a great. Well, story. that's the thing. And I was noticing as time progressed because I was keeping up with it. To be honest, I really wanted to attend the march. Uh, I I couldn't. See, I don't. I still don't get that. I still don't. Those that don't light things on fire don't make the news because. It doesn't make. Well, I understand why people don't talk about it, but I mean, I think you could take a break. I think every news organization can be like, "Hey, Apple, for the next six hours, we'll just keep this as the front." And then, but I noticed, I noticed on Facebook, as the evening was progressing, more I heard from a friend who heard from someone that they're shooting tear gas on Commerce Street, and none of this actually happened. But you could tell just someone, someone was trying to say, "Hey, they're they're tear gassing people five blocks away," and it started. Fortunately, that 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 faded away. And of course, there are people well, going. It's Antifa. That's my it's conspiracy white theory. That idiots on both sides are. I'm kind of going with fire. now. Is in the future of all future protests, social, excuse me, social media, and the internet will streamline those antagonists. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. Antagonists. It's going to streamline it, and it's going to happen. Antagonizers. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but I, I think it's going to happen more often now because of how organized they can or how they can utilize the Internet and how I think the, the example here is what's been going on for the past week, week and a half, mm-hmm. is how fast these things picked up. And, you know, pretty much almost every police chief is like, oh, these are outside people. They're coming in here and they're starting this. So if that's somewhat true, then I, I can see any type of protest in the future you got to be careful planning it because if you go on the internet, you're given the dates and times, you're given oh, all this yeah. information, and it's really easy for an organization who just wants to cause some trouble be like, hey, like I like those videos of those dudes robbing or blowing up ATMs. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, you know, I guess you could rob a bank during this time. I'm pretty sure there's probably a movie about that. But like that, that you have those opportunists, mm-hmm. and now with the information being so widely out there, uh, you're just like, oh, it's easy. Let's let's grab our ten buddies. Let's go cause some trouble. They're gonna start at eight. Let's get there around ten, mm-hmm. and then there you go. I am going back to the what you both already said, kind of reaffirming it. The Houston protests. Just, Same thing with Conroe the other day. I talked I, about it. it. Was so wonderful. Done in the protests. I wouldn't think anything would get done if I was like, oh, look at this guy. Like, what am I, I wouldn't list? wear am I this list? shirt. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, the shirt. You'd go I, shirtless. I would, yeah, I'd wear my fade to black. Playwriting Festival t-shirt. See, I, the one thing that I would love to get Brett's opinion on this, the thing that bothers me the most about these protests is we were told for like two months not to go outside, <laughs> not to gather. 
Like I'm talking, like that if was. If there's not a ten thousand fold increase in positive like, COVID cases like that, in fourteen days, I'm going to be really, really mad. There won't be, and it doesn't need to be fourteen days. It's four to fourteen days. Yeah, the, uh, I'm just saying. But, but like, so there, you I think that's what really bothers right me now. with it, because like Sean, you say, oh, I'd go out there. Like I go, I probably wouldn't, mainly because like that just sounds like a hassle. Because I know Houston, they they close off a lot of streets, <laughs> so like to get an Uber, or get in and out, to get in and out would be really hard to do. And I survived Rendezvous with Houston. I don't like I that. I like to have an exit. This. And then I also like to have a clean bathroom available. And, like, so that's what really... So you'll never protest ever. Well, man, <laughs> unless they have porta-potties. I mean, they're oh, clean. No, you know, he said clean bathroom. Clean. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm oh, one yeah. of those guys. I'll protest and, uh, twice for both of us. <laughs> but, no, that, that's and that, that's what really gets me about the message the the world is trying to tell us with this kind of stuff. And then do you think that when certain messages that have a longer impact, do you think that's that's what's so important about the current message with the protests is it's more important than, say, what the COVID message was? And okay, that's yeah, why – does that make sense? Yeah, you're, 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 you're on the nose there where, where, where it is a more important message um, and has been for quite some time Yeah. Um, than, than COVID. COVID, well – First off, it happened at exactly the right. I mean, it was a horrible thing to happen, but it happened at exactly the right time for, because people had been in their houses for two months, three yeah. months, depending mm-hmm. on who they were. Oh yeah, this was a tinderbox. You know, and, and don't fool yourself; those protests going on in Europe, that's not about America bad, America racist, because these half these countries still have ghettos, and I mean actual, actual ghettos where where foreigners are are kept away from. The no national idea. society. I've never, I've never been over there, so I have no idea. Um, th- this is it. It, f- at least in Europe, it's definitely all about getting out of the house and and being around people because yeah. we're social animals and we can't not be around people. Yeah. Um, in the United States, it is mostly about protesting a thing that we've been avoiding for. 30 years, at least since Rodney King. See, I don't know about that, though. I think think what's convenient for a lot of people when they talk about subjects like this is they take it to a bigger scale of all 50 states. I think they are certain communities that that handle it really well, and there are certain communities that handle it very poorly. And and I, that might be the ignorance speaking from my, my point of view, but I think people, you need to look at the history of each one. For instance, like Brett was talking about the Rodney King riots, and I remember with the OJ trial, as the jury was out, they were prepping for riots uh, if he was found guilty. Uh, then you go back to the Watts riots. Were they the sixties or the seventies? Sixties, nineteen sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Oh, Sixty-three. Sorry. Sorry. So you had the yeah. That's right. There was even a Quan Leap episode about that. Sorry. But so Los Angeles has a long, I'm going to say a cherished history, and I don't mean cherished like, oh, we love it, but it's ingrained into the fiber of that area because of what Los Angeles is and a lot of its super ethnic racist. makeup. Los Angeles is super racist. You exactly. have to understand gun control laws in the United States originated in Los Angeles because. Um, the Black Panthers, who had been getting hassled constantly by the police, mm-hmm. started carrying shotguns around to protect themselves and other black people in downtown Los Angeles. And almost instantly, California state ledge says, "Well, you know what? Now you can't carry a shot. You can't carry a, a long arm inside a city, and you can't carry a handgun at all." 
that yeah. fast, you know. So California, believe it or not, is super racist. I mean, well, I mean, see, that's what I think that's a kind of a weird term to say because that was a long time ago, right? Now today, do you think that still exists, that that law is people are like the police are still looking at through that lens or um yesterday i think it was either yesterday or the day before one of the things trending on twitter was the fact that um the los angeles police department had a huge presence around the legal peaceful protest march and in the places where people were actually doing damage and looting there was not a cop to be seen I have no idea, because the only thing I've really just the only thing I've read about some people's opinions about Houston why it was a success like a successful peaceful thing is the stirring pot that Houston's been growing for you know for the past hundred years is the community is so diverse and it, it absolutely it, there is. isn't really a controlled area with demographics it's kind of like is that we're always involved with everybody the Houston the 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 circle of culture is always being ingrained with each other. As growing up, and there's so many generations, yeah. and I believe it's it's a representative microcosm of kind of what the nation was originally intended. We are a melting pot. And yeah. I'm sounding like Schoolhouse Rock right now, but we're a melting pot. Um, was well, LA developed? I'm, what I'm talking about, like actually developed zoning, like zoning and things like that. Because to me, I can see that being a huge issue for certain communities where, like, it's like the history of it was, you know, there there the government or the people in power were very racist at the time. And then it, you know, our country grew and as it grew, but there's still roots and still things in place. Kind of like where they do like the gerrymandering that to me still doesn't make any sense. I still, I wonder who's the one who draws those lines. Cause I just, it's kind of like, when you look at Dan Kernshaw's thing, it looks like gerrymandering. Someone, it's someone like took a bunch of drugs and went for a walk. And then, like, he goes, I'm walking for 34 miles, and when I'm stopped, there's his district. Well, here's the it's issue on this. You look at, you look at like, Crenshaw's district, it's hilarious. Well, it's, it's like a little it's like a little C, and I'm like, how does that even get factored in? Like, And that's the thing. Redrawing district lines is essential. It's part of, you know, what makes this nation because it's population-based. But it's also open to... Corruption, misrepresentation. I'm just asking who draw this line. I mean, like, who actually physically draws the lines? I understand that there's there's um, debate about the guy doing that it. The, the the guys that do the white chalk on the baseball fields. No way. Yeah, they're they're hired because what, they're really good at what's it. What's the factor? What's the equation of figuring out the districts? Um, like you said, population. Microsoft Excel. Yeah. They just pump in all the numbers. I and mean, I'm, I see. I just don't get that. They use a city planner. They use a city engineer. Okay. And what he does is he um, looks at, first of all, the actual population density of certain areas. From census yeah. and but from also tax, return, tax results, right? Who they were voting for because part of that is so that the incumbents don't have to face a challenge. And it's so that's not just Republicans. It's so also Democrats. So, so the city always, planner did this? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, you you don't think that the, you don't think that the representatives do that. I have no idea. No, they're 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 just they can't draw their own lines. So, yeah. so I'm the city planner, city and Sean's engineer. like, hey man, we're gonna redraw this line, and I really want to be a Democrat or a Republican. Here's some money. Well, that's yeah. where see, that's where the breakdown happens. They hire an outside firm to do it, and the outside firm says, "This is what we recommend." Because the real population exactly. is rarely represented. Um, and I love our lady who was our census gal who was on Krista. Krista, thank you. It's the census 
and tax, you know, open records and like the county tax assessor give one population. It's not representative of the real population. Let's look at Los Angeles just from the um, illegal, undocumented, I don't care how you phrase it, those who aren't given a social security number or pay property tax or want to answer the census. So there's a much larger population than is what's represented. So how do you draw the district, uh, redraw the district lines based on the census, based on paid taxes, based on door-to-door uh, -door knocking? It's hard to get that representation correct. And so yeah. it's wide open to interpretation. And as a result, the more leeway you give someone, it, as Brett said, on both sides of the aisle, and this is what I love to do is point out idiocy surrounds, it knows no party, of how to make it go in your favor whenever possible. Well, that's what's so interesting to me about it because you know, that's one of the things I always hear about when it comes to political discussions and especially when it comes to racism and then classism and stuff is that was one of the things are like, oh, don't you know about gerrymandering? It's been That's like the main thing about racism and classism. And I'm like, I don't really get it, but I don't... I don't no, jackwads are responsible for racism and classism, not... No, I'm saying as a product of those two things, that's where we get Jerry. To some extent, it does. I think I also want to give a shout out to, I want to say, hi, Heba. She's tuned in, I believe, and is deaf, so I will enunciate. She can read lips, though, so I'm going to enunciate as much as possible. Watch this. I'm going to see if I can put closed captioning on. Gerrymandering is more a matter of maintaining personal power. It's not really a matter of... Everyone wants the edge. Everyone wants the home court advantage. Yeah. And yeah. that's pretty much what it is. It kind of tries to cement your home court advantage. Okay. Well, yeah, to go back on the point where we're talking about with Houston being a stirring pot, I think it's. I think that was a good example of the protests. And that was one person who I read. It made sense to me is the healthiness of the community being involved and also the police knowing how to handle the downtown area because it is it's downtown Houston's a little different from other towns I imagine I agree it's kind of like the New York people what was the deal with New York putting people on bridges and Dallas did the same thing was that like an accident no they just they passed curfew they you know waited for protesters who were out past curfew legally mandated curfew to go on the bridge and they sealed off both ends of the bridge and, like, oh, and started well, arresting unlucky you it's past curfew you're it's, you're breaking curfew you're breaking the law let me read you your Miranda rights. You're under arrest. Because I remember, because uh, I was reading last night that HPD didn't set a curfew. Well, I think there was one already in place from uh, County Judge Lena Hidalgo. Oh, for COVID? COVID-based. Well, we know that's out the window. Which is funny. It's uh, Again, you know, I still, still the law. Believe it or not, yeah. still the law. And still, what's I funny, one of the pictures that's going to make it to the cover of Time Magazine, I know it, is the uh, police chief, Houston police chief, Art Acevedo, with a mask marching, which is very powerful, you know, the, the, the whole setup of the shot is very powerful. But he's got some woman that he's holding on to, onto and she's not wearing a mask. She actually has broken the law. And it's pretty hot yesterday, so it's probably really no, sweaty. It from days before. If I may, we're talking about, you said why the media is not kind of picking up on it. Many years ago, I was hired. Uh, there was a magazine coming into town. Uh, there's a worldwide network of magazines called Where, like Where, Where My Car Keys, and there's Where London, Where Paris, Where New York, Where Dallas, and they were moving, they were bringing in Where Houston magazine, and I got hired to be the, the publishing editor, you know, the, the the managing editor of it. And there's I was a free magazine for hotels <clears throat> with a circulation of forty four thousand. Hang on. <clears throat> well, I mean, Where that makes sense. But what happened was I got into it with the publisher a little bit. She was based in Dallas and had come down from the north about 
what the cover should be for the first magazine. And she wanted cowboys and rodeo. And I was like, no, that's, that's the cliche. We were trying, I want to go beyond the cliches. I want to put a guy in a $5,000 tuxedo holding, you know, tickets to the opera, you know, to show that we're not as all yahoos and cowboys and tumbleweeds. And I, I won out on that. I'll show you the cover one day, but it's a guy in a $5,000 Atagi tuxedo holding on to tickets to the Alley Theater. Only weird and the art, like the specifics of a And the article was called Beyond the Clichés, yeah. and that's what I really, with the magazine, I, I was <laughs> editor there for a year, and I every epi- issue I tried to say this, Sean. bust the, the clichés of what the outside world and visitors, and as Brett said, these went to hotels. So these are people coming from overseas or from the north saying, well, what kind of town is Houston? Oh, it's probably all honky-tonk bars, and they'd open up this magazine to I see. Show honky-tonk No, bars. we have symphonies and operas and, and, and fine dining and tech corridor and oh, energy I mean, corridor. I mean, we watched the rodeo in AC. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's kind of a Houston thing, right? Hey, my daughter-in-law's tuned in. I don't know how long she's tuned in for, but happy, happy birthday. Uh, I will call you later and sing it to you as is the Thompson way. And I also want to give a shout-out to Nick, who's listening in, our dear friend Nick from Danny's Kicks and Tricks. Well, what is it, Tricks and Kicks? Yeah, Damn it, Danny, the, I keep uh, forgetting. But, like, we were talking about the message, and, like, what's more important is the message People and want the, the cliche. They have a the cliche COVID. of Houston. They have a cliche view that we're yahoos who... Oh, we're already we're, we're we're off that. I was trying to get strapped. away from that. Yeah. I was talking about we're... Yeah, the, we're the third largest city in the country. We, I was talking about the message. Like, what well, you know... When it comes to the message of this protest, mm-hmm. it supersedes the message of what we've been told for the past two months: of staying home, six feet apart, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. clearly Going back to that. Yeah, um, sorry, we're well, shifting gears. Well, I want to know. I want to know your y'all's opinion on going forward because we know that. We're at fifty percent, I think, right now. Like stage two, fifty percent. Yeah, uh, and we're May twenty ninth started the going from twenty five to fifty on certain yeah. things. Day camps, overnight camps, summer camps, basically. Yeah. Um, it's getting there. There is no for phase three. All I know is the bars are open. So yay. Yeah, right. For phase three, as far as fifty seventy five percent, it's the only thing about phase three that's been talked about has been the DPS offices. Okay, so fa- that so that's. Like governmental work, large. So yay, kids! You have the opportunity to go stand in line for six hours coming up. Do we know if like the like the NRG and I'm talking about large places? Is that part of the phases, or is that more of like we'll discuss that later? Any office businesses have fallen under phase two, which is you must maintain. At this moment, I believe fifty percent capacity, maybe twenty five. Well, I mean, even in like in the plan phases, is because I know there was three phases, right? Yeah. So phase three, it's still iffy. They're waiting to see what the results of phase two are. Okay. Because I was wondering, like, if what the people at the Toyota Center are thinking, like, oh, we got to start planning concerts and stuff. Well, they started phase two with the twenty five percent, and all of a sudden, like, no one gets sick or a million people get sick, then you have to adapt accordingly. So they're I, waiting to see. Okay. I honestly do not care what anybody at Houston sports venues think or are concerned about all of the money from our taxes that built those well, well, how about the are going Pavilion? to let's, the billionaire owners and the millionaire let's players. Switch, let's switch places. How about the Woodlands Pavilion? Is that made by taxpayers? Paid by taxpayers? Um, probably maintenance now, but no, it can't. It was no, upset about that. built by George. Right. It was built by George Mitchell. So there you go. There's a place that needs to uh, was figure big, out when they can open. Yeah, no, the pavilion, uh, I, I believe probably maintenance it falls under Parks and Rec. I know the town green does because you have public venues yeah, there. Yeah. But the pavilion itself is a private entity because it was built by uh, uh, George Mitchell. 
George in the Cynthia Mitchell Pavilion. That billionaire. He gave it to his wife. Yeah. Uh, well, he's the guy that he's created the woodland. Well, not anymore. But he he actually well, on a napkin started working on a master plan community, which one day became Pro- a woodland. Probably one of those R words. Yeah, those darn Rastafarians. You can, you can, yeah, well, you can put in whatever you want. <laughs> but uh, but no, I I I always kind of wonder because there's there's kind of unspoken things, especially in the the world travel because. From what I understand, if I travel to New York today, I'll still be traced. Like, I'll be self-quarantining, like, for some odd reason, if I ever needed to go to New York City. I go there, and I come back. They're probably yeah, going to have a system. Yeah, because of the dense population packing. Yeah. That's why you can't well, that's why I was apply so New York rules to... We finally put a, 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 bit, like a, a police population. barrier between us and Louisiana. That was one of the smartest things. I mean, we need to continue that. Like, we can't let the Louisiana people come in here freely, nearly freely, that, you know? Actually, putting that barrier between Louisiana and Texas was a violation of the Constitution. Well, you know who really liked that is the people rebuilding I-10 over that area, that bridge that yeah. kind of like collapsed. Because now they're like, oh, we can actually work on this. I have seen so much road work being done. Potholes yeah. are finally being filled throughout the whole Oh, yeah, no thing. kidding. I mean, that's... Well, so I'm very happy about time that. To, I think they redid the streets here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's very pretty. And they work. They're, they're like the little gnomes. You don't know where they are. And all of a sudden it's up. That's what's great. Because I mean, you're here all the time. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, the roads are gone. That's crazy. When did that happen? <laughs> you're right. And then it's like, oh, one road's here. And then all of a sudden there's there's white paint. And I'm well, like, the only proof that aliens aren't doing it is the guys next door banging on the wall right behind me. Well, well see, TxDOT, I, in, the last, in the last couple of decades, TxDOT has gotten really good about um, sending their crews out only at night, and uh, oh wow, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, especially on on the busier roads like the Beltway or Forty Five. You think they or, use LEDs for lights? Halogens. Didn't they use the halogens? No, they use LEDs. They use those the big superpower okay. LED. Because I imagine that's what changed. That. That's what changed the yeah. the, the game for the. Well, halogens changed longer. the game. He's right. It was halogens, but because it takes less power to yeah, operate them, they went to the LEDs about. after that. Mm-hmm. I'm so yeah. glad that the the day of the compact fluorescent bulb is going away in favor of LEDs. I've always hated the compact fluorescence. Yeah, well, you just don't like the way it looks on your skin when you're getting your photos. Yeah, well, it gives me that tragically pale look, but you're also like, it's, oh. you know, you oh, can't just throw it in your trash awful. can. I do anyway because, you know. Yeah, well, you're not supposed to. But, no, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of LEDs. For what that's worth, I know I'm convinced they're not really. really? Do, I'm convinced they're not. They're doing actually worse door. for the environment than than compact compact fluorescents. Yeah, but they're not filled with mercury. Neither are compact fluorescents. Well, not filled with, but there's enough to make it to where you can't just throw it in your trash can. They've got. They, they, no, the reason you can't throw it in oh, your trash can is because of the electronics in it. It's actually the cooling oil inside the inside the the transformer that's the problem. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let me take a break. The I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to, in vain, well, try to prove them wrong. We have some listeners who want to look it up. Why yeah, hey, look, it, look up. it up. Nothing beats the incandescent, as far as I'm concerned, you know. But I, I see why they are replacing it, because of the energy consumption. I have no idea what's in the light bulbs, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, the Tinkerbell. The best light bulbs are made with a vacuum and a tungsten coil. Mm-hmm. Those are the older ones, right? Yeah, in the incandescents. That was from like 80, 20 years ago? Well, yeah, they lasted for many decades before. From like 1878. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Quick, guys, it's your opportunity to prove me wrong. Tell me f- tell me the date that it was actually invented. <laughs> are they, they still using those hey, light bulbs in some places? This is an established fact that 84.6% of all statistics are made up on the spot. 
Oh, cool. True. All right. <laughs> I mean... Well, you know, so so we talked about the protests. We're moving mm-hmm. on from that. I know uh, going forward for the summer, it's hurricane season. We are in hurricane started. season now. Yes. And uh, we have one coming. And that's what it's already on its way. Uh, can I do my PSA? I mean, we can talk. We, I mean, Get flood insurance. If you don't yeah. have it, get it. It's a 30-day moratorium from the day you buy it. You need it. It's, wor- it's, oh, it's worth every penny. Okay, that's a great PSA. Well, from a guy who had one flood without and one PSA? flood with. Or some rich guy who owns a house. Thank you. <laughs> Can I do my PSA? Yeah, sure. Okay, if you get an EVAC order, follow it. If you don't get an EVAC order, stay where the he- heck, heck you are. are. Okay, yeah. Dick, your turn for a PSA. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, like, don't text and drive. Just make up something. Yeah. Yeah. If you see someone doing something wrong, make sure to text the mayor. Oh, there you go. There you go. There PSA. You go. Rat, rat on your neighbors. Rat on your neighbors. Rat on your neighbors. Okay. Rat that's all really like that. you have to say. Rat on your neighbors. One. I love that one. <laughs> the more you know. And remember, if you're the governor of New York, nothing you do is ever your fault. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think no matter what, if you're in a position of power, people are going to blame you for whatever. Oh, no. Not if you're Governor Cuomo. That was kind what of I mean? oh, there was a private side conversation I had with someone. Three months talking about how everything, every everything that comes up. Is oh, it's not. Yeah, I, mean, I believe well, it though. Has, I mean, he he did, just, he's he, a New Yorker. He threw De Blasio under the bus yesterday. He, he did indeed. Hey, you want to hit the mic up? I can't really. There he he threw De Blasio under the bus yesterday. That's the mayor, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and this is what in the middle of what was going on the last couple of days. There was a private side conversation where I w- was questioned about why did you know, oh. The president called governors weak, and I pointed out that many of the hot spots for the uh, initial rioting and looting were in blue cities of blue states, you know, with with Democrat governors, and was told, so it's on the governors, and was told, quote, no, governors can't do anything. It's all the president's fault. And so my response was, so the the governors are weak? That's what you just said, and of course it kind of devolved from there, but there is... I'm taking that as kind of a more open stance on where does gubernatorial power and executive, a.k.a. presidential power, the, the lines are so blurred right now. Like Brett said, even shutting down uh, the, the Texas-Louisiana border. Uh, that's, that's not that blurred right now. That's, that was a that's, that's, no, but what I'm saying that's is that's 200 years old. Right, but why hasn't it been challenged? The federal government has control over interstate commerce yeah. and interstate travel. Is uh-huh. that why? The states don't have that option. Yeah, I believe that. So when you have supremacy clause, it's actually part one of it's actually one of the reasons for the Constitution, mm-hmm. because different states were charging different oh, excise yeah. excise taxes and and uh, tariffs uh, and against the, other states. And that's what I was going with. It's that who it's not necessarily. What happens, but who gives the order? And same thing when it comes to governors, well, mayors to governors, or shall we say mayors to county judges in Texas to governors, because we have, here in Montgomery County, we have a county judge saying one thing against the mayor, against uh, the governor. You mean down there, not here? Yeah, yes, uh, sorry, Harris County. They're not really doing much up here. here. So, and then, of course, you got a president saying, well, I'm going to do this A, B, or C, which half the things he says he I think Mark Hugo is going to be on one of the shows today, actually. Cool. Yeah. 
later. But no one Not knows when you have a president saying something different than a governor, saying something different than a county judge or a county official, saying yeah. something different from a mayor, and maybe all four or four different stories, and you have people getting whiplash going, who do I listen to? I, can I cross state lines? Can I go there? There's no clear-cut protocol. Well, I think especially... There in- is a way to tell. The primary, the primary authority is the governor of your state. The governor of yeah. your state is the primary authority. Okay. Always. So if the governor of your, because the, gov, the state is more powerful than the cities, but the states are more powerful than the Fed. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it was designed. That's the way it is. The governor mobilizes the National Guard. The president doesn't. The president has no the control governor. over the National Guard unless he nationalizes it. Am I mistaken that even, Why they call it even the by invoke? Because, because Bob's it army was awesome. already yeah Bob's army was already taken. But if it's state run, why? Because they can be nationalized. Yeah, the, okay. the yeah the president can federalize the national guard, especially if there's a state of invasion or state of in, a, a state of insurrection. Now, if now for the president to move the army into any city by invoking the insurrection act, and this is what I was going you, with. The states must you, request it. Am I correct in that? Uh, either the go. states have to request it, or he has to have valid proof that the, that a state of insurrection exists. Whereas its actual martial law is declared in that. Yeah, which would be kind of hard to prove that today, just because like one city might be having issues. But well, he has to do it on a city by city basis. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, okay. he can't just say the U.S. is under martial law because that would take that would actually take an act of Congress. Right. Now I feel like you can just kind of do what you want depending on like how you feel about it. I mean, sure. Yeah, sure it would. You can. I mean, I can see it. <laughs> Dick, what's it say on your mug? I'm trying to read it. It's, I'm a winner. Oh. Yeah. Do you, do you do that morning exercise where you're looking in the mirror? Oh, say, yeah. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I yeah. matter. I was listening to people complaining about the president <laughs> telling the president telling some police force to clear out a path so he could walk down to St. John's Church and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, the president ch- didn't was, tell Was that anybody. his church or something? Is that his church he goes to? Well, it's like the, it's, it's you have the National Cathedral, cathedral it's and you have St. St. John's. John's. Is it a cathedral or church? Oh, it's the Episcopalian yeah. um, cathedral. That's right. Sorry. So you have the National Cathedral, which is Catholic. Then you have St. John's, weird. which is Episcopalian, which is pretty much right across the street. Park police. But, and I, again, we have conflicting why would, stories. Why did he decide but to Park go there? Said Does that he attend that church? No, it was a photo op. I mean, come he on. He held dude. up a Bible and made some platitudes, and that's well, I like what well, he, he did. wanted to show the nation that the church was still, mm-hmm. still was largely unaffected by the fire. Well, they're not open. You can't no, go to church now. I know. <laughs> so what was the point of going there? Quiet, Junior. We can we can loot the church. Talking. We just can't go to church for services. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get out of here with that nonsense. But he also wanted to show that he was partially in control. But he didn't sell. He didn't tell anybody to do this. Bill Barr didn't tell anybody to do this because Bill Barr has no authority over the park police. The, the park General. police are interior. They're part of the National Park Service. And they don't swear fealty to any presidency. No. Much like the Secret Service. They're, they're there. Whoever their, their job is to protect the president, but they, they don't care, don't who, care it is. who he is. Or she. Or she. Well, the second we have a she, I'll be right on that. Maybe we already did. Oh. Ooh. There you go, guys. Think about that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, technically she wasn't <laughs> elected. She was just married to him, so not really. Yeah, well, I'm just, you, you oh, I, I think Dick, Dick's well, wondering if someone transitioned beforehand that we just, we just don't know about. Taft, is that, is that why that man was in a wheelchair? 
Yes. We don't know. You, you've 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 <laughs> we don't solved yeah, the, the, <laughs> you've solved the you've mystery. Solved the mystery. The carefully documented, <laughs> the carefully documented childhood Roosevelt. polio was completely not it. I mean, oh, uh, we all know the polio vaccine was to tag us for the alien and colonization plans. So. I watch X Files. I know what's what. Well, I for one welcome our insect overlords. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, how long do you see these protests going for? I, and do you see it being having an impact on the way? I think a corner's been turned. I think some. I think cities like Houston will become the norm. Of course, there are protests, and change can happen with a protest. Well, because this is one thing uh, I'd love to get. No, it can, here's the thing: because you have, I'm well, tired of. Well, if I may, just finish off. Oh, here we go. People going on, well, you know, the Boston Tea Party. Well, people weren't stealing the tea and taking it home and fighting over tea and, and that. They, oh, they there was totally somebody pocketing some of it. Yeah, a couple of bags of Earl Grey in their like, pocket. My mom's going to be so happy. Of course. Uh, you know, I'm not the one who says violence never begets progress. Of course it does. We That's why we fight wars and, you know, we mm. we became a nation because we fought a war, not because purely yes. of the Second Continental Congress. Yes, but that was because we had absolutely no agency we couldn't vote and it was a matter of actual institutional problems versus institutional problems so people are misspeaking when they say it's institutional racism and it's systemic racism but it's not what institutional racism what's the, what's the difference i don't know institutional racism is racism that is written into the institution it's the it's the separation laws of jim crow it's you know um Colored bathrooms. And, okay. And, and, and we don't have that today. We do not have that today. We can't have that today. Okay. It's illegal. So that's okay. Have. But systemic racism is racism that infects a system. Now, if I may, with institutional racism, it's not racism, but an institutional situation, it can be modified. The most recent thing I can think of is what we're calling the bathroom bills. Okay. Well, because like, I don't really... Saying someone... It is against the law for gonna... you to use the rest, this restroom. Now, of course... You've got the sign. It's a Pandora's box because you have to talk about biology versus identity. But that is a law I think, that's I designed. I think some people just wanted to put cameras in bathrooms. You know what the bathroom bill should say? It should say if you have two identical single-use bathrooms, then they have to be unisex because it's stupid to to have two identical single-use bathrooms and have one be the men, men's bathroom and the other one be the women's. Yeah, but to 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 create a law that. Designed purely to separate, so that okay, that's the, that's the kind of the nearest thing. So, Brett, please continue. But I just wanted to kind of put in a more. So, modern, can you give yeah. me an ex- example of like the 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 systematic racism? Systemic racism. Systemic. <laughs> uh, Alabama. I'm joking. Alabamans. My, um, my my dad, my father came from Alabama. So, like today, easy, like I'm talking about it's, today. It's, it, it's actually easier for me to give you an example of a systemic problem that's okay. not institutional. My wife just logged in, so I will say West Virginia. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, Sean. And she's like, "West Virginia, what?" Um, so, in the in 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 the chemical industry, we they had three major explosions last year. Was there? No, never mind. Sorry. Um, it was not an institutional issue. The laws are in place, and the procedures are written down for each company. Okay. What it was was a systemic issue. Um, they had the procedures written down and said, and were telling the lower ups. This is how this has to happen. This is how things happen. And, you know, you remember the refinery explosion that BP had uh-huh. a few years ago. That's, that, was, that was a systemic problem. So inside they that had, plan. They had it written down. They had, well, the, what made it systemic wasn't that one person was doing wrong. What made it systemic was that 
he had procedures that he was supposed to follow, but he had um, expectations that he could not fulfill without violating those procedures. So, like... Well, let's put it in the, the cop scenario, because so that's what's in this. Okay, good. Um, smaller towns and even medium-sized towns have come to depend on ticket yeah. income. Mm-hmm. Like speeding ticket, parking ticket. So while there is not an actual quota of... Uh, they still keep data on of it. Of tickets... They do keep data on who's writing the most tickets, who's getting the most income. Um, challenge tickets don't count because challenge tickets cost more money even after, yeah. even after they collect the money. Um, so what officers have been doing, and there are studies that back this up, is they go into low-income and minority areas where the people are less likely to challenge a ticket, and they're catching them on ridiculous ancient... Um, city ordinances like you know well this guy was was walking around and his fly had slid down so we're going to we're going to we're going to tap him for 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 public exposure or even keeping it in the the traffic enforcement thing if you notice cops will tend to pull over the cars that probably look like they don't have insurance or with the expired tags or broken taillight because you add to it and it's harder to challenge to say okay yeah I was speeding but yeah. You know, so they will actually look at that. Now, it's not what the law, the law doesn't say. Go look for people who are less able to pay these fines and pull them over because we can get more money out of them. But that that would be institutional. Systemic is, well, this is what we do. It's not yeah. necessarily breaking the law, but it's breaking the spirit. Of the law? Well, I don't even think it goes that far. Yeah, it breaks the spirit really of the law, okay. pretty much. It breaks because because the basis the basis of the laws and some of the laws are just stupid to begin with, but the basis of the basis of law is to protect society from bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a speed limit because people who speed have less control of their car, and it's been proven that every ten miles an hour above a certain speed, and it depends on the roadway and it depends on who's on the roadway. Um, but, but but like every ten miles above, above a certain speed, you have a much increased chance of dying or of killing somebody else. Yeah. Um, so so there's 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 that problem, which is systemic and not and not institutional. The other systemic but not institutional problem is the speed track is really <laughs> difficult to deal is really difficult to solve and is going to take years because. The military and paramilitary organizations um, are built around fraternity. They're built around the idea of brotherhood. They're built around common cause, people working together. But that can bite you in the ass because... The thin blue line. You've got the thin blue line. You have have police officers who aren't policing themselves. Um, At least one of the... Two of the officers were definitely accessories to the fact of George Floyd's death. And one of the officers was at least an accessory after the fact because he stood there and did nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one officer was a victim of the thin blue line because... You don't rat on your... You don't, you know, I mean, there people who people who call IAD on 
on officers who call IAD on other officers end up with rats in their desk and end up getting crappy jobs because everybody in the poli- in the fraternity is against him. And that's a problem we have totally in all of our military and paramilitary organizations. The reason that um, sexual harassment was such a problem in the military and didn't even really get addressed until tailhook. I was about to say tailhook was the turning point was on that one. Because they had the fraternity outlook and, and what they need to do is not get rid of the fraternity because having the fraternity idea helps everybody involved, but they have to remember and they have to remind the participants that your brother is not as important as the ideals on which the brotherhood was formed. Mm-hmm. So it's here, it's, here. Well, well said. I also want to give a quick shout out to Cliff who, who tuned in too. I'm that's interesting. To, well, yeah. I mean, I, I totally see that when it comes to the police department and in larger organizations that operate that way. Uh, and do you do you guys think that with the protest message, do you think this means something that every police department is going to have? Are they going to do basically what they do, like every PR person does? Oh, we hire this outside company to come talk to us, and we're going to have you know a couple speeches and X Y Z, and then we're done. Or do you think they're going to actually put like data on paper, going, "This is the best way to handle these scenarios. We're going to have new training. We're going to have." Dick, that's an excellent question. Um, like, I, sorry, don't mean to sound so surprised when I say that, but <laughs> <laughs> wow! You, but you're absolutely right. You, you hear me talk grouse a lot about cosmetic fixes or hashtag protests, which I just I can't abide. Uh, I'm not a fan of cosmetic fixes, although I do see their value in certain ways. There's not a single terrorist attack that's been stymied by me taking off my belt or shoes, but it's something that just gives an illusion of additional safety. It's tangible. No one gets hurt as a result. Security You're, theater, and yes, people do get hurt. Well, yeah, my pants well, fell down one time when I lost that's weight. That's where I kind of find but a lot of myself at conflict because you're looking at If a, it's a government-mandated training, as you said, that's frequently where it falls apart because that's where you try to cater to everyone. Um, if you've ever seen this TV show called Rescue Me, it's a Dennis Leary show about New York Fire Department, there's a bit where they're basically forced, it's, it's all guys in this firehouse, to get a woman coming in. Yeah. And of course, they're, oh, you know, there's going to be bras hanging in the, panties hanging in the bathroom and stuff like that. They deal with it, but there's one day where the female rookie messes up, makes a rookie mistake, and the chief calls her a not nice name that you can't say on the air. Is it a female derogatory? Yeah, I can't be. Or is it just now, in general? England, it's a, it's a word, it's a four-letter word that, that begins and ends with T, and it just means you're an idiot. In America, it oh, can refer the, to yeah, okay. a female body part. Okay. And so she sues, and as a result, everyone has to go to this sensitivity training okay. to where all these guys are sitting there and being told, now, we, you know, because in this firehouse, you have black people and Puerto Ricans and, and well, it's Irish. it's New York, and so, right? Or yeah, is it Boston? It's New York. Yeah. And so, so they're all there, and they're all being told, it's like, why are you telling me? Of course, he's a, you know, he's an N-word. He's an S-word. He's a, this is what, we're brothers. This is what we say. She's got to get, so there's no right or wrong answers to it. But, you know, to have someone come in and try to, someone who's not qualified, who hasn't worn the badge themselves to come in and tell people wearing the badge, well, you really need to do this. Uh, we've had, you know, Mercy Chapman group here yeah. before. And this is an organization, I know, it, believe it or not, there's a reason for me saying this. They provide peer-to-peer counseling for first responders in need. 
you know, a firefighter or a cop or something sees something horrible every day, they take it home with them, it can build up, it leads to alcoholism and divorce and suicide. Mm -hmm. So they provide off-the-books counseling to anyone who needs it. To be one of their counselors, you have to have worn the badge. You have to have been a first responder yourself because they say, if no you're not a first responder, you won't get it. And you'll just be someone going, oh, put your faith in here or, or just get over it there or take this pill here. It has to be someone who has eaten the same dirt. And I think that's what needs to happen here. No, why? Let me, let me ask but you. But that's uh, not the only fix because there's, a, there's been a loss of trust ever since Rodney King. And it's, and it's actually one that the media is a problem with and that social media is also a problem with. Um, because, and, oh my God, you will see people bringing up the numbers showing how few blacks have actually been killed by cops and how few blacks have actually been falsely arrested as opposed to whites and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't care. Um, it's perception that matters. What really matters yeah. is the perception that if you get, if you're black and you get pulled over, you're going to get shot to death because that changes your behavior. No, um, drastically. You, you, you immediately start acting more nervous. You act worried. I mean, I Sometimes act you act aggressively, and the police officers see that. They, see, they, don't see, they don't necessarily see the black skin. What they see is somebody in a police officer's presence acting nervous and aggressive, and they immediately go from, from well, this is a simple traffic stop, to I'm getting I need on. to put my hand on my weapon. Yeah. And something like that can escalate. And it... In the, like that. literally the blink of an eye. And it's because, at least since Rodney King, possibly, probably before him, um, minorities in general have been told, and they're inundated with it, this message from the media and lately from Twitter that, you know, there's nothing that you can do. All cops are racist. Even, the, even black cops are racist. And you are, you are going to get shot dead by a cop. And... You know, and I'm not saying there aren't a lot of racist cops out there, because there are. But a lot of it has to do with that people have lost trust. Because I remember when I was a kid, it was young guys that were the problem, that, that had that problem. Because I never, I was afraid of cops. And I'd act weird and freaky, and, and they reacted to that. And I've had a police, I've had a police revolver pointed into my face Oh, more times than I probably want to tell. That's <laughs> because you have. I got a gun drawn on me because I put my hands in my pants, like in my pockets, not my pants. <laughs> but no, I put my hands in my pants. And he drew a gun. I was like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "You get your hands out of your pocket." I'm like, "Okay, yeah. all right, man." Um, but uh, but I, I because yeah, it kind of goes down that, you know, the, what's the overall message and what do people expect? Because I do believe that there are like, given this individual scenario of of the Floyd scenario, like that was what we were talking about. Like, it didn't make any sense. The procedures, is that the correct procedure that they no, no, follow? No, 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 I don't no, feel like but it now was. It is, no. Now the procedure is to was, not that do that. Derek Chauvin I, should not have been on the street at that time. Derek Chauvin should not have been on the street at all by that time. He he benefited from from the Thin Blue Line fraternity in a in the most horrible possible way the guy had the guy had black marks if i that may should provide have gotten him fired if i may provide some color commentary from cliff on this cuz i agree and it's going to continue a conversation we started online uh, cliff says uh, 
uh, the, the main cop here had 10 excessive violence complaints over 19 years. That's a big item. And I posted something that I, I was hastening to uh, kind of clarify. In this situation, there's no one finger, no one person. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. Chauvin was definitely the instigator and wrong with what he did. You know, without his actions, none of this would have happened in, in this instance. It probably may have happened elsewhere with someone else. But to point everything at him and saying all of our ills are because of this one guy, you can't say because who allowed him to stay on the force? Where was the supervisor? Who allowed this guy with multiple cases on him or, or complaints against him maintain his presence? on the streets. He should have been booted a long time ago. There's plenty of blame to go around. And when there's no one person that you can say this and that, because in all these riots and looting, I don't see his name being mentioned at all. They're not burning him in effigy. They're not busting into the jail to get him out and string him up. Yeah, I was curious if there if someone, because someone's going to find out where that dude lives. 75% well, of the people, well, I'm making the first this up, Minneapolis the majority of people started, don't know his name. The first Minneapolis protest started because... The Minnesota, Minneapolis DA said, well, as far as we can tell, we can't charge him with anything. Mm -hmm. And that's when the first protest yeah, started. That. Well, um, because, like, I was always curious about what happened here in Houston with that no-knock raid where those two people were shot and then the dog was shot. And I don't know the result. I, don't, I, I didn't it happened That's like, That's a different converse, conversation, no-knock raids, because the, another one happened in Frankfurt, Kentucky, yeah. right about the same time oh, that yeah, George that Floyd young got lady, killed. Or the younger, young lady yeah. who basically was... Who was an EMT. Yeah, because like, that kind of, to me, because people expect you know, some response in saying, like, this was wrong, we're going to charge these people, we're going to hold them until whatever, X, Y, Z. But... Uh, but we talked about before on the show is that police have a different procedure when you're charging police. It's not the same as if I was being charged with the same crime. And, like, they have a whole different I feel thing. we can't armchair quarterback everything cops do. And I've seen plenty of news reports where, you know, well, he's shooting fire. But there are some procedures that should not happen. Well, that or, was the biggest complaint I heard about the chief of police in Houston was he was out here doing the photo op stuff. Which is good because I think a lot of his presence created a healthy protest. In the absence of leadership, and, people will gravitate towards the next thing. But people were like, thing. "Hey, man, what about this thing your people did? You didn't do anything really to." To be fair, um, where that happened, maybe they with, did. I with have no the idea. problem with no, that's why I said this is a different conversation, because um, the, the 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 officers involved in the no knock warrant acted in good faith. They did their job as they were supposed to. The problem was the process. Mm -hmm. No-knock warrants themselves are an issue. Um, and then the process... This is institutional, not into, systemic. You see the this difference? is institutional, okay. not systemic. Yeah. So it's not the people involved, it's the way that the people... They didn't have a, a squad of cops it. whose habit was to just go kicking in doors and shooting people. Yeah. These officers... Like SWAT. No, I'm just these officers were told... This is what this is a no-knock warrant. You got to slam in there, and no-knock warrants originally started to prevent drug dealers from destroying the evidence. I believe it. Well, that um, was that they, could, they. Well, they, I think it's more of like we, it happened. What what was the result? The result happened, so they're protected because of the integrity of a known. Uh, they're 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 protected because of procedural immunity. As long as they act in good faith and can and 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 do their job according to the playbook. According to the to to their handbook, they are protected by procedural immunity. Um, 
Derek Chauvin is not protected by procedural immunity. Mm-hmm. There was nothing in what he did that was acceptable. And that's the funny thing. Everyone agrees on that. The, the day it happened, the day after it happened, I can't think of one per. Well, there are always going to be idiots. But for the most part, most rational thinking individuals didn't say, hey, you know, the guy was asking for it. You know, there were questions. Was he coming off of a meth high? Was there, you know, I was the first 48 hours I was hearing. No, he was, no, 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 no. no I, oh, the first 48 hours, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hearing, all, oh, he was coming off a drug thing. He was resisting arrest. He hit a cop. Uh, he pulled a gun. Well, I don't know why he, he was knife. being arrested. On a mistake. A guy thought he was passing a fake 20, and apparently he wasn't. But it was this yeah. guy called the cops and said, I think oh, so there's a black guy here, and he's, pay, he's I think he's trying to give me a fake 20. So a guy, Floyd, goes to pay something. Walks out and gets arrested. With, his, with money that he's earned for all, you know, as far, you know, I have no reason to believe otherwise. I was just curious And is suddenly eating pavement with the knee, you know, cutting yeah. off circulation to him. It's inconscionable. And every right-thinking individual agreed with that. And we were starting to look at, okay, this is... Is that why the an, police need system. to put him in a car, put the suspect in a car at ASAP? Yeah. Because you watch cops and stuff eight, at the show, they always always on the ground lamp. for eight minutes. They always lay him over to the corner. There was zero reason for that except Chauvin was a poopy head. I'd be interested to know if Chauvin is in any way related to Auguste Chauvin. I don't know who that is. Ooh. Auguste Chauvin was a... Um, general in the a colonel, sorry, a colonel, a colonel in the army of Napoleon, who remained loyal to Napoleon and the N- Napoleonic France for years after Napoleon was even, you know, I mean, he, he wasn't even on on Elba. He, he'd had his second revolt and he and and lost and been exiled again and died. And Chauvin was still loyal just to Napoleon. And if you and liked he's him, the you were of called, the word chauvinism. If you liked him, you were called a chauvinist. Oh. Or chauvinist. Well, history. A chauvinist speed. There you go. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Could be. I mean, I myself am a direct male. I descended from Adam. So you never know. Okay. We're well, on a hard break. Yeah. We, we are, you we ready, are you ready to take 15 a break? minutes past when you're supposed to take yeah, a break. Yeah, we're supposed to take a break. Yeah, well, we're rebels, okay? We're protesting the man. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dick and Skippy, IrelandStar.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this top of the hour break. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936 
441-8778. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first YouTube channel and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. All right. We're back on Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Brett's on assignment right now. It's okay. You're good. You're good. We, we can vamp till you get back if you want, Brett. <laughs> I was say, Brett's on assignment right now, but he's been, made, made his way back from the studio. You're hanging we were out. We're going to talk about him behind his back, but now he's here. We, on uh, Lone Star it. Community Radio, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. And uh, we're, I'm, your mic's off. I'm, I'm trying to do the intro. Here. Dick's being all official. We're on uh, Facebook Live right now. Feel free to comment and follow us and all that kind of stuff. Broadcasting live. Uh, we're also on IRLoneStar.com and, like I said, Connor's FM 104.5, 106.1. And our special guest is local writer and fan of the show, I hope. Uh, Doss Brett. fan. Yeah. So we were talking about the protests. We Houston. We covered a lot of good stuff. Uh, I think Sean had some time to go over the comments. Really appreciate that. Any, yeah, we really do enjoy the engagement. And uh-huh. we got about four, 35 minutes left in today's show. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is Wednesday. We're going into the first week of June. We talked about the hurricanes. Everyone everyone gave their PSA. It's Brent's daughter's uh, birthday, my daughter-in-law's birthday. We covered that. Yeah. And then uh, what? one thing that I'm curious to hear from folks is what their summer plans are because mm, of our question. people committing to their travels and especially when you decide to go somewhere, like every area is a little different when it came to the COVID. So it's like if I'm going to Florida, you know, they don't really care anything. But if I'm going to New York, I, I'm asking you're not going to go there anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you want to go to a place where more freedom is? That would be a great idea. Who, what city has the most freedom? Well, depending on Brussels, how the, Belgium. Depending on how the weekend goes, I'm probably going to spend my summer with a shovel and a wheelbarrow up at Sean's house again. <laughs> if history is any indication. Oh, great. I like it. <laughs> I've uh, come due for a good overhaul. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I think uh, it's it's so, it's interesting the way... <laughs> explain to me what the difference between the European model is and the American model when it comes to weather. Uh, metric versus imperial. That's it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. We don't talking about... Because I, I you see, especially with this hurricane or tropical whatever... They're like, oh, the European model says this, and then the American model says that. 
And I'm like, I never heard that before. And it could just be the, my thought, and this is purely a guess, is is that probably based on the institution that collects the, the data, let's say it's Oxford. Um, okay. I was just curious. That's purely a guess on my part. Well, Oxford's in England are not part if of the European, European Union. it's European, it's probably so. CERN. True, yeah. It's, it would be the imperial model if it's from Oxford mm-hmm. or the or the English model. Got got to agree then, with you on that one. And then there's actually about five different U.S. models. The reason... You'll, you'll see the hurricane tracks. It looks be like, like I 17 different on the lines. Wall. There's like, yeah. yeah. It's coming this way. And, and, and just Although it could turn area. around. It could end up on Mars, you, you know. You never <laughs> well, know. It's a, it's, it's, um, meteorology is an inexact science. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's got, some, it's got some precise science elements. Um, there's a lot of physics that goes into it. But in terms of prediction, which is never something you should ask scientists to do, um, it has trouble because it, what it does is it you, it's based on models, which is these things happened when in these conditions before. So this is what's likely based on this. This is what's likely based on this set of conditions. This is what's likely based on and but the conditions can constantly change. There's actually a whole an entire field of mathematics called chaos theory that was developed because of how hard it is to make predictions reliably. As a meteorologist, Dick, you were and supposed to that in Jurassic Park with, you know, Jeff Goldblum doing the water on Laura Dern's hand. That's chaos theory. We're just trying to make it real for you. I like it. Okay. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, actually, What's Mrs. Skippy piped up with a, a, a comment. Uh, it says, uh, "I recently traveled to Oklahoma, where the restrictions aren't as strict as here." So apparently, my wife went to Oklahoma. I thought she just got caught at Walmart. So that's basically the same thing, that's, right? That's basically. <laughs> Boy, is my thing. face red? I, she left the state. I didn't even realize it. I'm joking, honey. But yeah, each each state, of course, is going to have its own state, county, municipality. Well, that because I know a lot. Of, like one of my friends, uh, I know a friend who has siblings, so I know both families, and they're doing a family vacation with the greater family, and one of them goes, "No, I don't want to go," because I don't know if it, if like restaurants are going to be open, like. It's not a problem getting there. It's a problem enjoying my vacation. Mm-hmm. Can I enjoy what I expect my vacation to be with the current scenario? And then the other family member is like, well, I'm going because I don't want to get, you know, in trouble with mom and dad. And so that's what like, they're doing. Well, a few moments ago you asked, and I'd like to open it up to us, but also to the listeners. What would, if you could vacation, like what's your dream thing right now? I will admit mine right now, I would give somebody's left arm to be in some mountain bed and breakfast with just enough Wi-Fi for me to, you know, watch a TV show on my phone or something and just, you know, with with the missus, just recharge batteries. I'm not a beach guy. I'm not a, you know, Disney... Well, I'm a Disney World guy, but not right now. I'd be a huge beach guy. I just want a a big old, you know, bed and breakfast, spoiled, quiet, battery recharging period. That's my idea of heaven right now. What about you, gents? What about you, Brett? The shovel and sand at Tom's house? (laughs) Is that a vacation? What? what? Is that a vacation? Uh, <laughs> honestly, me, uh, cabin in the mountains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of the spoiled part. Just a place to 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 do work and and do work. And uh, you know, it's funny, Brad. I thought about you. Uh, masterclass. See, I purchased. <laughs> I purchased. Uh, see, I thought about you, master, and then yeah, well, yeah, you know, I've, no, I've, no I've good sentence. I purchased the. With those words. Uh, That's right. This is your masterclass. I'm going to teach you all how to fish. Well, the, the, and when the, I'm done, you will be a master. 
And nothing. No, uh, what's funny, what's funny is fish. I got Get the uh, Aaron Franklin it? barbecue one. The Aaron Frank barbecue? What? Aaron Franklin. Oh, Aaron okay. Franklin. I misheard that one. But now bad. I'm getting ads of all Masterclass on YouTube. And what I love about it is the first, like, opening line has to be for everyone's. It has to be the, one of the most pretentious things, like, you can think of because they're literally trying to grab you. Uh-huh. And, like, the when the writers come up, I'm like, I could totally see Brett digging this stuff because it's like one lady's like, there's no way to write unless you're alone. And I was like, uh, that's Margaret Atwood. Is that? Yeah, that, that, that's what she. Oh, what was the David? Mam- I got the David Mamet Masterclass ad on my feed. I'm trying to remember what it was. But and oh, I, see, the one that really bugged me was uh, what's his name? The guy who wrote West Wing. Aaron oh, Sorkin. Sorkin. Sorkin, yeah. Sorkin, uh-huh. Sorkin goes, Dialogue. damn it, blah, blah, blah. Here's the first thing you need to understand is nobody ever starts a sentence with damn it. And I'm like, well, you've never hit your hand with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I'm a doctor. I, I not love a... those intros though. Cause they are like, did they not, they not yeah. seem very pretentious? Cause it's like, what was that's it? Clickbait. What was his name? Uh, the astronomer guy who's really famous. Went to UT. The who, the who guy? Uh, he does the new science show. Bill Nye. No. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, that guy. He goes, like, his whole show is, a, Cooper? is about critical thinking. And he's like, you know, the most important thing is to know what you don't know. And I forgot. I mean, it and was, expect the unexpected. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting there going like, man, why would I watch your deal? To find like, the truth, you must lie. It's that fine line between not knowing and knowing and pretending that you don't know are no. I don't know. Well, critical thinking is very hard, especially these days. Well, Which, by the way, if you, critical, saw my, if you saw my YouTube front page, uh, you'd be... And what is that YouTube I'm eclectic, page? And I'm intentionally eclectic, so I go all over the. I, yeah. I, I, well, let's I talk about how people years. can find you. Because here's the thing: I, I, I frequently oh, wait, find oh. you have things to say, and that. Well, I think oh, your I website. Actually, I, I have I have a couple of videos uploaded to YouTube, and my name is on YouTube is Casual Notice. I am Casual Notice on Twitter, which would be at D Hanley. And there's a weird story behind that, and I am Brett Hanley on Facebook. Is your first name Daniel or something? No. Actually, what it was was I was typing in Brett D. Hanley for my, because it's a, your official name is mm-hmm. what's supposed to be in there. So I'm typing in Brett underscore D underscore Hanley. And for some reason, twi- Twitter cut off the Brett underscore part, and it just became D. Hanley. And I'm like, all right. Just just tell <laughs> Give me Donna, that cool honey, handle. I did this for you because I love you. Yes, yes. I did this for you because I needed an alibi. But, uh... But yeah, so but the, I was thinking of you when I saw those because I can see you coming out with a real clever one. The Brett Hanley Mastery Class. Brett I would, I would and, uh, pay cash to be part of the Brett Hanley Brett Hanley Master Class. What would it be? There, well, you know, it's funny. Well, though. It's the, the same thing I tell people all the time. Writing is exactly like prostitution, only you don't get anywhere near as much sex. I, I don't. Unless you're it, Skippy, in which case you, you pretty do. much had yeah. most of West Houston. Just, no. no, just just half, just the female half. But uh, the the, the Aaron Franklin one's not Love bad. Being shamed anymore. The Aaron Franklin masterclass is not bad though. I can't imagine doing the other ones, but like the Aaron Franklin one is actually a teaching tool. Mm-hmm. The other ones don't seem like teaching tools. It's more of like. You're paying for a speech. It's your typical. Does that make sense? Yeah, like your motivational thing, you know. Yeah. Realize the inner self and jettison that, and whatever brings you joy, and you have it. Because the cooking ones are clearly like, this is how you make these dishes. These are some tricks I learned of the trade. And like Aaron Franklin talked about firewood for like forty minutes, and I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to get that into it. But he's really into the firewood, 
and uh, I learned a lot. Firewood for his chimney or firewood for a smoker? Smoker. He's okay. he's a barbecue guy. That's yeah. his that's his main. There's a well. There's a that he's he's not wrong because there's a difference. And I and, oh no, I know I get it, but I'm I mean, sitting here watching. I'm like, why not, am I watching a 40 minute video it, of wood? But there's a difference between hickory, mesquite, oh, apple, yeah. mm-hmm. orange. I mean, you, it's hard to get. You can't get the big logs of it, but but citrus wood always adds a nice tang to things. And you well, can actually I was put it, actually I recently schooled on this by my father-in-law when stuff. Yeah. I was able to borrow Dick's smoker uh, the other weekend. In fact, uh, my father-in-law was buying it from him. He liked it so much, but I was so incompetent at just knowing how to get it going or anything. So I got the ingredients based on my father-in-law's list, and he kind of politely schooled me on. How to work? I had no idea what went into it. Well, and that's one thing I like. I'm interested in that process because I like sitting and I like drinking coffee and I like getting up early. So it's like, oh, cool! This is a cool thing to do in the morning. But when he started going into firewood, I was like, man, it's it's funny because I never sat at a barbecue restaurant and been like, I, I wonder what kind of wood they use here, or if they even use wood here, or anything like that. And if I guess they use wood, they will tell you. And they will tell you what kind it is. Yeah, because I think, <laughs> how what, long it's I been think what I need to do is do a taste test. That's what I really need. Because barbecue to me, going to barbecue places, I don't really enjoy going to barbecue places. Because one, it's very expensive. And two, it's not hot off the, the deal. And I like, get that. Yeah. And now that I know how to do it here, it's kind of like what I tell Holly. I don't like going to steakhouses because I was like, I'd rather take the time to learn how to cook a steak the way I like it and save, you know, 30%. Or whatever. You uh, will never ever cook a steak as well as a trained chef. I think ever. I will. Ever. I'm talking about the way I like ever. it. Ever. I'm talking about the way I like it. Well, you like it wrong. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, I've definitely had good steaks. Wait, how do places. you like how do you like your steak? How how medium how you, uh, rare, medium rare, medium rare. Yeah. Okay, then you do like it correctly. So, uh, but no barbecue to me, I really love having it right out, uh, right off when it's ready to eat. Mm-hmm. And I get I'm that. like. That's the only way I would enjoy that kind of food. Now, if I went to like a Dickie's barbecue, I'm like, how long has this thing been sitting here? And we're like, yeah, I like the heat. Okay, you should never eat meat right after it came off the fire. Well, I'm not. I'm saying when it's ready. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. You have to let it rest for like five minutes if it's yeah. depending on size, five to. But you go to minutes. Luther's or Papa whoever's or something. Yeah, yeah you it, don't know. it could be an hour. Well, if you one of my buddies worked at the in Abilene, worked at the the barbecue place right next door, and I asked him like, how does it work? He's like, really, what you need to do is get there. Right when they open, and just wait, wait like an hour, and that's when you're ready to go. You're gonna get some of the fresh because they start already cutting stuff before people come in. Yeah. But if you wait like an hour, they'll start pulling off the other stuff, and it's it's ready to go within an hour, two hours after they open. But you gotta like wait a little bit. Interesting. But oh. uh, that's how he just knew how they worked there. Uh, you go to Luther's or you go to a go to a barbecue shop like that. You're mostly well, going there for the sauce. Because yeah. the meat's going to be pretty much the same. It's just going to be... No, I have to agree with Brett on that. Pre-cooked, um, and, pre-cooked and sliced, and, and the seasonings are going to be basic seasonings. They went, they went to Walmart and bought a bottle of, of, of McCormick barbecue seasoning. And, and then, yeah. But. Well, I've been to Corkscrew here in Old Town Spring, and I was, that was very good. But it's one of those places you have to show up before they open. And then oh, they cool. basically... Because like, that was the Aaron Franklin's thing where, like... You have to show up way before they open, and they take your order, and they max out. So, like, if they always max out pretty much every weekend where they'll go to the line and go, all right, after this guy, no more food. So, you all have to go. And we have the orders already. Uh, Listener Cliff, uh, his opining, Dickie's is gross, so is Luther's. Rudy's is for real. I've never been to Rudy's. Rudy's all right. It's a chain. 
But again, barbecue. Oh, I thought it was a gas station. Like barbecues, because like Manny's barbecues, all right, over down in uh, over here on Dallas Street. You got McKinsey's, which is like a staple in Conroe. Which in is all Houston, right. I used to love. There was one called Damaris. They had two locations. Well, one on they're still there. Is I'm not getting yeah. any barbecue there. I'm gonna. Just make, I'd rather just make my own. That's what I'm doing for my birthday. You, I'm smoking ribs. I have had some of Dick's barbecue in the past, and I must agree, his is. Well, and that's one thing I'm excited. I'm gonna. I'm purchasing for my birthday a pellet grill. Yes. So I'm ex- Partially I'm, funded by my father-in-law. So, so yeah, it gets it's, me the it's money. Great oh, to, you, Dick's bar, not 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 Dick's the chain. No, no, no my barbecue. D- yeah. Dick has a smoker that. So you're hot for Dick, is what you're saying. I'm, yeah. I, I love Dick. So I think about Dick every that, day. Thank you. And well, we talk every other day, yes. pretty much. But yeah, I'm going to try out the pellet smoker. If anyone has any recommendations on what kind of pellet smoker that to get, that sophomore moment made my week. So, but I'm ready to start cooking more on it. Cool. Oh, Mr. Risk is calling me. Hi. I no. Hold on. No, no. You give me the last word of your social. Yeah, I, he just loves talking to me all the time. <laughs> Mr. Risk. Yeah. Mr. Sorry, Mr. sorry, spam. Not today. So you know, uh, recently I watched. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I don't know if y'all have y'all seen that movie. I, I haven't seen it, but I know the premise. I of have it. spent the last ten years specifically studiously not avoiding that movie. it. It's horrible. Like I just didn't. I I horrible. I wish I could talk to somebody about it. So here's so here's the thing. When you have, uh, how can I phrase this? One of those pseudo sagas where it goes over maybe hundreds or dozens of years. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and I really can't think of a rhyme or reason. I would absolutely probably agree that Benjamin Button probably blows chunks. I personally love, however, a movie like Bicentennial Man, the Robin Williams one where he's a robot and it just... Mm. I love that one. It's cheesy, preachy, but it just... If it's on, I'll watch it. So, But it's the same basic premise. You know, you have one central character with the world changing around them and they remain a constant or their growth you know it's only their particular arc so tell me more about benjamin button actually like an ai haven't seen it but it was the only problem with ai i felt was it was so there's so many what do you call it eye candy stuff in it that to the point where that's what made it too long we're like we get it you had a good big budget this oh, like seven, <clears throat> like seven minutes of seeing the Enterprise and Dry Dock and Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah, you're like, Got we get it. Yes. We get it. And okay. uh, that was the only problem I have with that. Pro- probably, so. They probably did that because their their main actor was a child, and you can't really mm-hmm. put everything on the shoulder of a child for a movie. No. Well, and, and they weren't entirely sure what they wanted to do with it. They kind of they, they kind of wanted to do an updating of Pinocchio, but they also wanted to do... What was the Stanley Kubrick thing um, connected with that? What was the... I remember when they were filming, when they were doing it. A113? Wasn't that Stanley Kubrick's movie he was working on? Is that what it was? No. No. Eyes Wide Shut was the movie he was working on when he died, and he finished it. No, I'm saying, like, no, I'm saying, like, that was the movie he was writing. Like, he was working. It wasn't like he was filming the movie. It was like he was coming up with the concept or working with people. I'd have to, I have no idea. I'd have to look into that. I could not tell you. I I I remember there being some weird connection with it. Oh, it could uh, be. It could have been in, like, 20 years previously, the the script had been making the rounds, yeah. and he was attached to direct. That happens all the time with, with original ideas. Steven Speaking Sp- of- has Steven Spielberg gone downhill? No. You think no. so? No, not no. at all. I mean, his last movie was, was it Ready Player One? Was that his last movie? Probably. That he directed? It is the last movie that he directed, but he hadn't yeah. directed a lot of movies in the last 20 years anyway. He, he mostly yeah, well, produced. He's not, yeah. he's not doing the uh, Indiana Jones. I think they're, they announced the director for Indiana Jones. 
the fifth one. Was, I'm sure he's producing it. He never yeah. directed the Indiana Jones. Yeah, it was George Lucas directed oh, the right. first one. Yeah. Uh, Who directed the second one? I'm pretty sure was he it, did. What's, what is, the no. Katzman, or what, what's his name? Um, I can't remember. I... Yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But it's much, much like Star Wars. You know, yeah. Lucas wrote episode four. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan, I think, wrote five. Richard Marcan wrote six or something yeah. like that. No, no, Lee Brackett. Lee Brackett wrote Empire Strikes Back. Because that's the thing. She died before she could complete it, and they didn't know about the whole. She had the whole, there's another, and I'm your father. They kind of had to figure out where she was going with that. Now, speaking of Benjamin Button, I gotta, I, I gotta give a shout out. Uh, you know, we have a there's a local film being worked on, uh, or a, a series, The Invictus Chronicles. Yeah, which kind of got its start with Lone Star as a radio show. It's a uh, science fiction, um, future society. Uh, pays loving homage to shows like Star Wars, Star, yeah. I mean Star Trek or whatever. Well, you know, Dennis O'Connor was one of their characters. I bet they didn't do any makeup or anything. Well, they did they because here's the thing. Show. His character is an alien who's many hundreds of years old, but much like Benjamin Button, ages backwards. Yeah. And they shot his scenes while I was recently asked by the amazing Lynn Peverell to play his younger self 300 years in the future. So, in fact, I, I can believe it. Uh, I can totally believe it's it. It's a sad but true fact. I so, totally I get it. to play young Dennis, but who's 300 years older and wiser chronologically than Dennis. But no, we watched. And somehow became shorter. I know. Well, no, Dennis is my height, isn't he? I have no idea. Nobody's your height. Frodo Baggins is. No, he's shorter. He's, he's a fictional character. I think he's Holly's height. <gasps> you take that back, <laughs> sir. Which one was tallest out of the four? Mary. Mary. Okay. Yeah. But no, oh, I, um, Doc. Come on, later. I just, but no, I watched. Hall and I sat down and we watched Benjamin Button. It's directed by David Fincher, and I would love if anyone's listening who's seen it, like, explain to me what it's about, like overall, because it reminded me of kind of like a Forrest Gump, where there's a lot of exposition, and then there. That's another one that was done well. By did the way, did you ever see Tree of Life? No, but that's it's a ta- exactly is like that Tree Terrence of Life. Malick. Is it a ten- is that Terrence Malick who did that one? Oh, um, I'm, th- I'm sorry. I'm thinking Leaves of the Tree, which is a different movie. No, that Tree of Life is in. the one that was shot. Yeah, in that exposition. Uh, what's the what, how do you describe a character who is literally there, just kind of like it's like they're all wi- they're all wise. They all say very important wise things. Called, according to Joseph Campbell, it's called the, the archetype is called the Guardian of the Gate. Ben Kenobi. Because our character, you know, Benjamin, encounters Dumbledore. different people. Classically, I mean, it's the mentor. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, every character who Benjamin Button encounters is a mentor. Then. And I, That's I, fine. And I knew that, but I was just kind of like, well, where's this going? And I didn't. Know, I just still don't know where the movie was trying to tell me. What was it trying to tell me? That everyone's different? Like, Yeah. The, I blame James Joyce. Okay. Because it wasn't until Ulysses that, mm-hmm. that, that, that it suddenly became acceptable to, to, to write a novel or a movie that really just kind of wandered around and didn't go anywhere. Yeah, the, the, it's the lack of the arc that makes it the arc. It's called yeah. a character's arc, character arc or the hero's journey. You know, well, there really was Except that. for there's not a hero's journey to it. It's, that's what I'm saying. So it's the lack a, of that that you know. they're making the arc. You know, again, with archetypes, you have the reluctant hero. That's Luke Skywalker, who, you know, starts here and ends here. You have a, a hero's journey, a character yeah. arc. When you have someone like Benjamin Button... Uh, who's just kind of there, or even the Robin Williams who has a little, I don't want to be a robot anymore. The arc is only this. It's to show he doesn't change. The world around him changes. And sometimes it's effective, sometimes not. Oh, speaking of local 
theater projects and the world around things changing. Mm -hmm. We're coming up on the 40th anniversary of the release of Student Bodies. With Anita Taylor, locally filmed movie. Um, oh yeah, that was like a Porky's Revenge kind of thing. Right? Well, it was a. No, it, was it was the a, original. It was, it was the first spoof, spoof of slasher of movies. Slasher movies. Okay. Slasher keeps stepping in bubble gum and stuff. And dear friend of mine, Anita Taylor, I went to university with her. Uh, she had a role in that movie with some others, and I love mm-hmm. that movie. In fact, uh, the podcast I'm working on, Student Bodies, is on that list. You and I must. We have to recap in this one, I'll and I will get her on as a guest. I, I love me some Anita Taylor. She actually works. Uh, on the Exxon campus in the Woodlands. Okay. Yeah. Should yeah. be rocking. Well, I'm, I'm ready for movies to come back, and I know uh, the production, I think, is starting in, like, two weeks in L.A. and New York or something like that. I just got to go back and say that my wife has pointed out that she is exactly my height, so you guys can just, you know, bite Oh, me. match made in heaven. There you Wonderful go. Wonderful story. So, oh. see, someone else is my height. That's adorable. <laughs> But yeah, don't check out. Ben- I, actually, I, I would check out Benjamin Button just so someone explained to, to me. To throw what, popcorn at the screen? Well, just explain it to me. I okay. just don't. I mean, like even the the sci not sci fi, but like the the fantasy of someone growing young, old, or reversed still doesn't make sense to me because they didn't apply certain elements to it that would make sense to me. And uh, yeah, and this there was a scene. Can I ruin it for you guys? Can I ruin it for you? Are y'all mm-hmm. care? Do y'all care at all? Well, we care. I was just letting Brett know that his his clicking, yeah. pumping was. Was translating to the really? he's he's airways. He was online. sending you a message. Uh, <laughs> do you care if I ruin it for you? No, I care not. He dies. Well, yeah. Uh, Where's he born? Well, there was a scene. So the whole constant, yes. <laughs> the whole constant in the movie is Clay Blanchett's character because they become friends when she's like six because her mom's. He lives in an and old folks' an old home. Man. He lives in an old folks' so home. Is it like in Highlander and with Rachel and, she becomes and Connor terrible McLeod? and beautiful? <laughs> well, no, that's and what, rules out of kindness, not out of fury. Well, anyway, <laughs> they they intertwine each other's lives at different points, and then finally they meet to where they're both like you would think they're the same age, and they do it, and they do it, and then they fall, they love each other, and they're having the great little thing, and then they have and, a baby, and then it gets Oedipal. and that, the baby becomes Benjamin Button. Well, no, and so they have a baby, and uh, Brad Pitt's character goes, "What are we going to do when I grow older while I'm getting younger?" Like, how are we going to explain this to our, our daughter? And the whole backdrop of the movie is Louisiana during Hurricane Katrina. Kate Blanchett is on her deathbed, and her daughter's reading the journal from Benjamin Button. And so she discovers that's her father, right? Well, anyway, the logic of Brad Pitt during that time goes, I can't be here anymore. It's going to be, it's like, it's wrong to raise her while you have to raise me. And so he just abandons them. And the rest of the movie, he's, like, homeless. And I was like, why would you be homeless? Why would you give all your possessions to this woman and your daughter? Like, why choose to be homeless? Because it's deep. Because, like, they skip, like, several years, and they're like, oh, we found him. He's, like, seven years old or something like that, like, you know, body. And he's like, oh, we found him in an abandoned house, you know, living there for several years. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why would he choose to do that? Like Lestat at the end of the interview with the vampire well, because movie. Because he, he has to be in private and away from people. Because nobody's going to accept a seven-year-old chain-smoking Luckies and, and drinking whiskey by the bottle. I don't know. Because, <laughs> I mean, through the fortune of, the, of, of him, he made a lot of money. Not by him. I'd never get a... When you have your immortal characters, they're all, like, richer than God. I'm like, how? I could live to be 300 years old. I'll still be broke. The Button thing, the only connection is his father who gave him up owned a Button factory. And so his last name was Button. 
Well, it's a good thing you didn't work in a toilet factory. Yeah, it's I mean, surprising how much money you can lose over the course of a hundred years. That's right? what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I didn't get it. Every like, mortal character a lot of the, has money. A lot of the logic in the movie, like it's kind of like deep I don't impact. know what baseball, baseball cards to hold on to. There's like I just, I just don't get it. I wish people would explain it to me because deep I, impact. Yeah, the movie Deep Impact. Like half of the conflicts in the movies could have been taken care of if they just like were like, hey, just no, and then there you go. They, they have well, the I think the, prime, the entire third act of Deep Impact could have been solved by people just moving inland. Yes, I don't know, in the year beforehand. Yeah, that, <clears throat> when you know, halfway through the movie, when it's still a year out, and they say, "Well, it's going to hit somewhere in the Atlantic." Okay, everybody. <laughs> no, you know, like, well, I mean, there was a, the whole Denver's s- a mile high. Well, I didn't. Yeah, there. So is Albuquerque. I did not know that. A lot of that stuff didn't make a lot of sense. No. And uh, but. It's, it's funny because you got Armageddon versus Deep Impact. Armageddon, Michael Bay, explosions, you know, total suspension of disbelief. And then you have uh, Deep Impact by Mimi Leader, Letter, how do you Yeah, Mimi. Letterer. Yeah. And that's where I see the differences. When I, first, I was first exposed you mean to her. male, female yeah. directors? Uh, when I was first exposed to her, I was watching in the cinema The Peacekeeper. A yeah. George Clooney movie. That's a good movie. It was Nicole amazing Kidman, because yeah. it was very heartfelt. Actually, the space operations in Deep Impact were less believable than they were in Armageddon. I absolutely agree. Uh, you have to suspend your disbelief on both. But watching The Peacekeeper, I did not realize it was a female director at the beginning. I, either I missed the director's credit or they didn't have it at the beginning. And I, I was as the end credits were rolling, I was in the cinema and thinking, man, this was a very thoughtful, a lot of action, but very thoughtful, very emotional and then this is going to sound misogynistic in its own way, maybe, but I saw, or chauvinistic in its own way, but I saw Mimi Letter and like, okay, it makes sense now. A woman directed this. She did added that female. Well, there's, there were several, uh, there were several scenes in the movie where you're like, no fan, no mom would ever let her daughter say, no, I'm not going to go into the bunker. Oh uh, yeah. And absolutely. like, and there's a whole scene. There's like especially three, Tasha Yar. Yeah, there's like three or four scenes where it drags out. Where finally the the daughter's like, "Okay, I'll go on the back of a motorcycle while carrying a baby." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Why did? Why did? What, what's going on here, guys?" It's called the willing. Now people say it's in the suspension of disbelief, but don't forget, the, it's actually called the willing suspension of disbelief, and it's how much you're willing to suspend it. But it's still a better movie than Armageddon for I don't one know. reason and one reason only. Leone dies. That's yeah. I, yeah, I am 100% on board with that. I, I'm i sure she's a delightful person in reality, but I hate well, her. Well, I was asking Holly, I go, in reality, when a wave's hitting you, does the impact kill you or are you still going to drown? Because the, the scene where we're talking oh, about here, folks, is that wave, that, their that bones got pulverized. They, were, they got pulverized when that, that thing was hit, was, was moving. Uh, I was just curious. At, that, yeah. that thing was moving at, at hyper, at hyper, at hyper sound. That thing was moving at like Mach 1.5. Okay, good. Because I was like, what a weird way to like give up. Because I was like, I don't want to drown, but I'd rather, you know, because I, yeah. I thought they were going to drown. There, I'm like, there may have been left over a lung, which would have filled with water, but. Yeah, Actually, the shockwave fronting that, fronting that, fronting the waterway. Yeah, they would have been incinerated. Really? Yeah. They would have been incinerated, compressed with the shockwave. What's wave the biggest wave pop- recorded, like tsunami wave? Or is that the correct term for those kind of Could waves? Could that have been the uh, Indonesian yeah, one? Uh, Even no. one I'm talking about that they did the movie on? Yeah, that, that, I don't think that was the biggest one. That okay. was just a surprise because it, 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 was, a, it was an unheard, unfelt earthquake. It was really a small earthquake but it off caused, the shore. Yeah. And... and and they had. This the problem with a lot of tsunamis is unless you unless you are, are able to record the earthquake, you don't know what's coming. 
Mm-hmm. You just look up and, the, and suddenly the horizon's 100 feet off yeah. the ground. This is going to sound probably uh, maybe not funny, haha, but I actually heard, uh, you know, the SOSIS network, it's an underwater network to, to like track submarines and stuff like that. It, it's listening points throughout the entire oceans. It recorded the journey of the tsunami as it was coming into, and it's like yeah. 10 minutes long. It's going to sound weird, and I hope you take it in the way it's meant. It was one of the most beautiful, natural, just ominous. Don't get me wrong. It was horrible and ominous, but just hearing it and the force behind it. it I'm sure it's out there somewhere on the Internet. Yeah, that, that was the one thing. Like in that movie, there several things bothered me. But when I when they made the decision to be on the beach by their house they grew up or whatever it was, and I was like, I wonder if they were just drowning or they would just be instantly killed by this tidal wave. Oh, no, they, they, they were killed to death by something before the before the drowning happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was because that that would not be my even choice. If, even if even if the even if the the wave and the and the shock wave didn't didn't get them, then then just the turbulence in the water would have just torn them apart. Oh, even now, you yeah. know, when when they're on the road and you see it flying overhead, the the meteor yeah. with it, it was close enough that they all would have just been crispy creamed right there. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it's 10.52. we got to be closing up. we got Dang shows it. coming up next here on Lone Star Community Radio. But thank you so much for coming in. Yeah. It was fun. Hey, not a problem. It was actually a quick and easy drive. It was only a 50-minute drive as opposed to the usual 75 minutes. <laughs> and, and I got here way let's early long, and started bugging Sean last, almost right? immediately. Right? <laughs> well, I hope everyone stays safe this weekend. It is going to be kind of hot. I think it's going to be in the uh, upper 90s. But it is only Wednesday we will be here Friday. We have uh, my buddy for my birthday coming in, Jason Own. Yeah, what's up? I want to say one thing about Armageddon and the movie. The movie or <laughs> the, the movie or the movie with Armageddon? Okay. Um, the problem with Armageddon is not that they had mission specialists. It is not that they hired a bunch of deep deep drillers. NASA does that all the time. They're called mission specialists. You, it takes way longer to teach somebody to be an astronaut, actual astronaut, but it takes months to teach somebody at the most to teach somebody how not to die in space mm-hmm. haunted again everyone says the problem with armageddon is that it's easier to teach astronauts to drill than drillers to be astronauts yeah. it's not true it's not true it's of course you you have a as you said we had uh sally ride you know you had teachers going up in space you, you know it doesn't yeah. take jedi training for two years okay. to become a Fair to enough. go up in space there's one for Armageddon. Also, uh, the first rule is don't take your helmet off on an unknown planet. Just just putting that out there. I believe it. But uh, we'll see. Friday, we got Jason coming in. It's going to be another fun show, so make <laughs> sure to mark your calendars for that. Uh, we will be back then, and then we're also looking for guests for next week. We're lining up, so gonna uh, trying to get people in from banks and different places to kind of talk about how like our guest recovery mm-hmm. of COVID. I'll uh, talk about it on Friday, but do know that on Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m., uh, it's going to be on YouTube and the webpage, but Stageworks Theater is hosting a live stream telethon called Stageathon, and I'm Master of Ceremonies for it. I hope you guys tune in. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Dick and Skippy. We'll see you and guys right. later. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. 
more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.